This is our devotional reading for October 30, 2023, reading from the book Reflecting Christ. The Disciples Reveal the Love of Christ, October 30th. Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. 1 John 3.16 After the ascension of Christ, John stands forth as a faithful, earnest laborer for the Master. He enjoyed the outpouring of the Spirit, and with fresh zeal and power he continued to speak to the people the words of life, seeking to lead their thoughts to the unseen. He was a powerful preacher, fervent and deeply in earnest, in beautiful language, and with the musical voice he told of the words and works of Christ, speaking in a way that impressed the hearts of those who heard him. The sim simplicity of his words, the sublime power of the truths he uttered, and the fervor that characterized his teachings gave him access to all classes. The apostle's life was in harmony with his teachings. The love of Christ, which glowed in his heart, led him to put forth earnest, untiring labor for his fellow men, especially for his brethren in the Christian church. Christ had bidden the first disciples love one another as he had loved them. Thus they were to bear testimony to the world that Christ was formed within the hope of glory. A new commandment I give unto you, he said that ye love one another as I have loved you, and that ye also love one another. John 13, verse 34. At the time when these words were spoken, the disciples could not understand them. But after they had witnessed the sufferings of Christ, after His crucifixion and resurrection and ascension to heaven, and after the Holy Spirit had rested on them at Pentecost, they had a clearer conception of the love of God and of the nature of that love which they must have for one another. After the descent of the Holy Spirit, when the disciples went forth to proclaim a living Savior, their one desire was the salvation of souls. They rejoiced in the sweetness of communion with saints. They were tender, thoughtful, self-denying, willing to make any sacrifice for the truth's sake. In their daily association with one another, they revealed the love that Christ had enjoined upon them. By unselfish words and deeds, they strove to kindle His love in other hearts. Such a love the believers were ever to cherish. They were to go forward in willing obedience to the new commandments. So closely were they to be united with Christ that they would be enabled to fulfill all His requirements. Their lives they were to magnify the power of a Savior who could justify them by His righteousness. Taken from the Acts of the Apostles, paragraphs 546 to 548. We'll also read from the book, In Heavenly Places, Be Not Conformed, October 30th. And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12 verse 2. Christ never leads His followers to take upon themselves vows that will unite them with those who have no connection with God. Between the worldly man and the one who is faithfully serving God, there is a great gulf fixed upon the most momentous subjects, God and truth and eternity. Their thoughts and sympathies and feelings are not in harmony. One class is ripening as wheat for the garner of God, the other as tares for the fires of destruction.
how can there be unity of purpose or action between them? We are to beware of indulging a spirit of bigotry and intolerance. We are not to stand aside from others in a spirit that seems to say, Come not near to me, for I am holier than thou. We are not to shut our, ourselves away from our fellow human beings, but are to seek to impart to them the precious truth that has blessed our own hearts. But if we are Christians, having the spirit of him who died to save men from their sins, we shall love the souls of our fellow men too well to countenance their sinful pleasures by our presence and our influence. Such a course, so far from benefiting them, would only cause them to doubt the reality of our religion. We should be firmly rooted in the conviction that whatever in any sense turns aside from truth and justice in our association and partnership with men cannot benefit us and greatly dishonors God. The work of God for the salvation of the human family is the one work of supreme importance to be carried forward in our world. When men are willing to count all things but lost that they may win Christ, their eyes will be open to see things as they really are. Then they will turn away from the earthly attractions to the heavenly. They shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, of the obedient, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Malachi chapter 3 verses 17 and 18. We'll also read from the book, Lift Him Up, Power of God, Not Self, October 30th. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. 2 Timothy 1 verse 12. To some who witness Paul's martyrdom, his spirit of forgiveness toward his murderers, and his unwavering confidence in Christ, till the last proved a savor of life unto life. Until his latest hour, the life of Paul testified to the truth of his words to the Corinthians. God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 6 to 10 His sufficiency was not in himself, but in the presence and agency of the divine spirit that filled his soul and brought every thought into subjection to the will of Christ. The prophet declares, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Isaiah 26 verse 3 The heaven-born peace expressed on Paul's countenance won many a soul to the gospel. Paul carried with him the atmosphere of heaven. All who associated with him felt the influence of his union with Christ. The fact that his own life exemplified the truth he proclaimed gave convincing power to his preaching. Here lies the power of truth. The unstudied, unconscious influence of a holy life is the most convincing sermon that can be given in favor of Christianity. Argument, even when unanswerable, may provoke only opposition, 
but a godly example has a power that is impossible wholly to resist. The few Christians who accompanied him to the place of execution, he endeavored to strengthen and encourage by repeating the pro promises given for those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. He assured them that nothing would fail of all that the Lord had spoken concerning his tried and faithful children. Soon the night of trial and suffering would end and then would dawn the glad morning of peace and perfect day. The apostle was looking into the great beyond, not with uncertainty or dread, but with joyous hope and longing expectation. Ransomed by the sacrifice of Christ, washed from sin in his blood, and clothed in his righteousness, Paul has the witness in himself that his soul is precious in the sight of the Redeemer. Taken from the Acts of the Apostles, paragraphs 510 to 512. We'll also read from the book Our High Calling, Take Heed Unto Thyself, October 30th. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. 1 Timothy 4 verse 16. The charge given to Timothy should be heeded in every household and become an educating power in every family and in every school. The highest aim of our youth should not be to strain after something novel. There was none of this in the mind and work of Timothy. They should bear in mind that in the hands of the enemy of all good, knowledge alone may be a power to destroy them. It was a very intellectual being, who, one who occupied a high position among the angelic throng that finally became a rebel, and many a mind of superior intellectual attainments is now being led captive by his power. The youth should place themselves under the teaching of the Holy Scriptures and weave them into their daily thoughts and practical life. Then they will possess the attributes classed as highest in the heavenly courts. They will hide themselves in God and their lives will tell to His glory. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Thyself needs the first attention. First give yourself to the Lord for sanctification to His service. A godly example will tell more for the truth than the greatest eloquence unaccompanied by a well-ordered life. Trim the lamp of the soul and replenish it with the oil of the Spirit. Seek from Christ that grace, that clearness of comprehension, which will enable you to do successful work. Learn from Him what it means to labor for those for whom He gave His life. The most talented worker can do little unless Christ is formed within the hope and strength of the life. A noble, all-round manhood does not come by chance. It is the result of character building in the early years of youth, a practice of the law of God in the home. God is waiting to inspire the youth with power from above that all who stand under the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ may work to call, to warn, and to lead souls into safe paths and to plant the feet of many upon the rock of ages. We'll also read from the book, Our Father Cares, Shine with Living Brightness, October 30th. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Malachi 3 verse 17. Christians are Christ's jewels. 
bought with an infinite price, they are to shine brightly for Him, shedding forth the light of His loveliness. And ever they are to remember that all the luster that Christian character possesses is received from the Son of Righteousness. The luster of Christ's jewels depends on the polishing that they receive. God does not compel us to be polished. We are left free to choose to be polished or to remain unpolished. But everyone who is pronounced worthy of a place in the Lord's temple must submit to the polishing process. He must consent to have the sharp edges cut away from his character, that it may be shapely and beautiful, fitted to represent the perfection of Christ's character. The divine worker spends little time on worthless material. Only the precious jewels does he polish after the similitude of a palace. With hammer and chisel he cuts away the rough edges, preparing us for a place in God's temple. The process is severe and trying. It hurts human pride. Christ cuts deep into the experience that man in his self-sufficiency regarded as complete and takes away self-uplifting from the character. He cuts away the surplus surface and putting the stone to the polishing wheel presses it close that all roughness may be worn off. Then holding the jewel up to the light, the master sees in it a reflection of his own image and it is pronounced worthy of a place in his temple. Blessed be the experience, however severe, that gives new value to the stone, enabling it to shine with living brightness. The Lord has workers whom he will call forth from poverty and obscurity, engaged in the common duties of life and clothed with coarse raiment. They are looked upon by men as of little value, but Christ sees in them infinite possibilities and in his hands they will become precious jewels to shine brightly in the kingdom of God. They shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. Malachi 3 verse 17. Christ's perfect knowledge of human character fits him to deal with minds. God knows just how to treat each soul. He judges not as man judges. He knows the real value of the material upon which he is working in fitting men and women for positions of trust. And lastly, we will read from the book, This Day with God, Satan is Not Dead, October 30th. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from evil. John 17 verse 15 Satan is not dead or palsied, and he prepares minds by degrees to become imbued with his spirit and to work after the same manner as he works against those who bear responsibilities. In the work of God for these last days, in the future, Satan's last exploits will be carried out with more power than ever before. He has learned much and he is full of scientific scheming to make of no effect the work that is under the supervision of the one who came to the Isle of Patmos to educate John and to give him instruction to be given to the churches. Every ingenious device will be used, every possible method taken advantage of to lead men to live a lie that the truth shall not stand as God designed it to stand to prepare a people through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit to stand firm as a rock to principle. There are those who do not humble their hearts before God and who will not walk uprightly. They hide their true purposes and keep in fellowship with a fallen angel who loveth and maketh a lie. The enemy puts his spirit upon the man whom he can use to deceive those who are partially in the dark. Stay yourselves and wander. Cry ye out and cry, they are drunken but not with wine. 
They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes, the, the prophets, and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. Isaiah 29, verses 9 and 10. A spiritual drunkenness is upon many who suppose they are the people who shall be exalted. Their religious faith is just as is represented in this, in this scripture. Under its influence, they cannot walk straight. They are scientific schemers, and those who could and should have helped because of a clear spiritual eyesight are themselves deceived and are sustaining an evil work. The developments of these last days will soon become decided when these spiritualistic deceptions are revealed to be what they really are, the secret workings of evil spirits, those who have acted a part in them will become as men who have lost their minds. Taken from Letter 311, October 30, 1905, to Brethren Daniels and Prescott and their associates. And this concludes our devotional reading for today. May God bless you.